Welcome to the Prison Mindfulness Podcast, presented by the Prison Mindfulness Institute. In this podcast, we'll be talking with experts in the fields of prison mindfulness and prison dharma, discussing their transformative work in prisons and jails. Hello, welcome to another session on the Prison Mindfulness Summit. My name is John McAdams, and I'll be your co-host for this session. I'm honored and uh, very happy to be here today with Jonah David. Welcome, Jonah. Thank you so much. It's really great to chat with you, John. Great. Well, thanks for being part of our summit. You know, I've been looking forward to this. I know we were going to be able to meet again. We've known each other for a few years, so I'm excited. But before we get going, I wanted to read your bio, let folks know a little bit about you and your work, and then we can uh, get started. How does that work for you? Sounds great. Okay, here we go. Jonah M. David facilitates meditation and mindfulness workshops inside and outside of prisons. He creates films as well as produces media content for clients with a focus on social justice, contemplative work, and creative arts. In his spare time, he likes to grow veggies, make pizza, and go for walks. Again, Jonah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's start here. Let's start with uh, your first your first experience going into prison. What was it that, that brought you in for programming? So I started out facilitating creative arts workshops about 12 years ago. And it was with a program that met as a group on the outside and then would lead different workshops in the men's and the women's facilities, uh, minimum, medium, maximum. And the workshops were sometimes writing or sometimes theater-based, music, sometimes meditation. And it was a really incredible experience just to see the like sheer talent and expertise of so many of the folks in there, like people who had written multiple books on the inside or many songs. I became interested in recording some of the music written by some of the guys in my workshop. So we did a songwriting workshop. I took some time off of college and would bring in instruments due to restrictions at the prison. I wasn't able to record them directly. So I had local musicians, some professional musicians, some friends, perform their tracks, bring it in, get feedback, you know, more guitar, backup vocals, you know, a little softer. And this iterative process, we kind of collaboratively put together this album of their work. Uh, One guy was released during the time and was able to perform on his own track, which was really, really amazing. Um, So after doing this kind of work for a number of years, was working with the Engaged Mindfulness Institute, which is a wing of the Prison Mindfulness Institute, as they were developing their teacher training. And since I had been kind of helping produce the online part of their course, I decided to do the training myself with you in the in the first cohort. And that was a really awesome program, also an amazing community. And through that, I began to then develop a a mindfulness uh, curriculum that incorporated the creative arts, some of the activities that I had been doing that were always 
kind of mindfulness based in a sense, but integrating more, more directly, more meditation, um, kind of time within the workshop and making the connection even more, even more clear. So seeing the kind of the way that the creative arts had impacted the self-worth, um, the sense of meaning and purpose, sense of community, um, the ability to kind of laugh and have a lighthearted environment in a otherwise really challenging space that seemed to pair perfectly with, with meditation, with mindfulness, um, and kind of in a, you know, thousands year long tradition of kind of Dharma arts. That brings up about a million questions for me, uh, but we'll, we'll refrain from all of the, uh, uh, I'd love to know how you actually produce that recording having done music production myself and, uh, it sounds like so. How just just the album itself, the, the beginning with the the songwriting workshop. What was the time span to when you finally said this is the final mix? We have enough people saying we're happy, and then you whatever you did, press it or released it one way. Yeah, so we we had a few months to do the workshop together, and I would record kind of scratch takes. Um, just kind of MIDI recordings that were trying to approximate what we had come up with um, and, and or they had come up with in the in the class, in the workshops. And we did a bunch of back and forths just in that kind of few month period. And then it took um, probably another six or eight months after that to re-record with live instrumentation you know, because of the nature of the project and the restrictions that were placed at the time, there was a certain degree of decision making that I had to do that I would have loved to get more feedback from the folks and themselves, but had to do my best and best faith to help them realize their their vision. Then we, you know, got the album mastered, printed CDs, um, had a kind of release on the outside and then also did a listening party uh, gathering on the inside and so yeah it was it was about a year-long um, endeavor and when you had the listening party what what were the reactions there the, the listening gathering that you did inside it was really special I think just to to feel heard seen by having made a thing and communicating one part of one's experience and one story was just really meaningful. A couple of the guys had been transferred to a different facility at that point. And so we weren't able to share it with everyone, which was a little bit heartbreaking. And there was also, you know, some amount of, oh, like, I wish this was a little different in this particular way. And that was something I, you know, just needed to accept and the nature of the project um, was that it couldn't be as refined to how they wanted it to be. You know, obviously music is so universal and can be so emotional and moving and uplifting and, uh, and, and emotive in so many different ways. So that's just a wonderful, very innovative sounding project, very innovative project. Um, yeah, I'm glad you took that time to do that. So then you, you, <clears throat> You got your training and your certification to the Engage Mindfulness Institute to become a, a mindfulness teacher training, and you started to integrate more of that programming 
I imagine, you, you know, can you tell us a, about the program that you developed and, and how did that sort of synthesize when you went back in with this added emphasis on doing mindfulness practice or formal seated mindfulness practice? The workshop that I developed um, was really just drawing on um, the foundations of mindfulness um, and the basic practices of being with following the breath, you know, body scan, uh, loving kindness practice, a little bit of mindful movement. And so taking the basic practices and integrating in other writing activities or perhaps listening to music, listening to poetry being read, doing a free write uh, or doing a, a kind of pass the poem where you each write a line and then pass it to the next person. All the while doing it, you know, paying attention to the sensation of the pen in the hand, being aware of where the attention rests, where it lies, and in the content of the kind of poetry we may be listening to or reading is contemplative aligned as well. Whether you're doing a practice, whether you're engaging in some writing activity or listening to someone else sharing, there's always this intention of being aware of what we're doing while we're doing it. Even though the work itself is not really the, it's not the point, it's more about the process. Um, still yet, uh, there's some really powerful, insightful and wise stuff that can, that can come out of it. So I think what I'm hearing is that people are, are they're engaging in mindfulness practice, that maybe that's kind of setting the context for, for the particular session, then engaging in some activity, creative activity or listening activity. Now, are, are you choosing or how do you decide what material you're going to bring in from the outside if you're going to be reading poetry? Um, how do you work that out? Yeah, so it, it requires um, some approval to, to bring in content. And so I, I'd made some selections in advance, but at the same time, being ready to kind of throw it out at any point. You know, the, the curriculum is, is a guideline, but it's not necessarily where things go. If people just are having a rough day, if someone is not there because they were thrown into seg, uh, segregation, um, if only one person shows up and perhaps they want to just spend a little time talking about what's going on for them or, or what their story is. So kind of being willing and able to adjust accordingly, um, but at the same time having a kind of base of readings. And then sometimes people will ask, oh, can we hear more from this person? Or do you have anything on the science about this particular impact of mindfulness? And so then, you know, adapting the curriculum as it's going um, and bringing in uh, different material accordingly. Yeah, thanks, John. I think that's so important. So many uh, different little points that you that you touched on there in terms of people who are creating curriculum, people who are going to be going in. Um, this can be quite um, uh, quite startling, really, for people when they first start to go in. 
with big, open, compassionate hearts and ideas on, on what they hopefully may be able to accomplish and, and have impact around. And then the administrative aspects, the security and safety aspects, all of the so many aspects uh, of that world uh, behind the walls. It gets very real very quickly. And we, we've got to be able to uh, be malleable and flexible and stay open. And like you say, maybe that great session we've just been waiting all week to do, it's not going to, absolutely not going to happen. But something else is going to happen. And, and, and to kind of keep that, uh, keep that creativity on your own open and ready to flow. Could you tell us how you either recruited people or the, the makeup, the mix of the people who came in? What was their motivation? Why did they come? Both the, the creative programs um, initially and the more uh, mindfulness-based uh, ones now uh, provide um, you know, time off one sentence if they complete the workshop. If you do a bunch of programs like this, that can really add up. And so there's a, a real external incentive in signing up for something like this. And so you definitely have people who are not really that interested. And at the same time, it's been my experience and the experience of many other facilitators I've spoken with that somewhere along the way, most of those folks have some kind of shift and the material starts to seem a little bit more relevant than they anticipated. And so never really writing off anyone for whatever their kind of motivation is for coming in, being present to and bearing witness to whatever people are bringing to the table. Well, I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, the Folksboro, which good time maybe it, it isn't going to make a difference. Folks who are really in, you know, they're lifers, they're in for long, long sentences. They've got many years or decades ahead. How are they engaged? Are they coming to workshops? And if they do, how are they engaging with, with you and with the material in their own, their own work? So folks who are there for many decades or for life often are very motivated to learn something from the practices and over time can get quite deep. Some of those folks can be uh, the most engaged participants by the end of the session. Uh, well, thank you, Jonah. You've obviously you spend a lot of time dedicated. Uh, you've dedicated a lot of time and energy to, to to being inside. What have you learned about how do you do that? How do you actually navigate? Go into a secure environment, and you go through the sally port, and you gotta leave your phone outside, or whatever. You know, if you've ever been patted down or checked, or any materials have been gone through. Um, you know, and, and kind of navigating that whole world of, of kind of security and the administration. And then, you know, navigating, working with people who, um, you, you know, you, you're, you're hoping to gain some level of trust and engagement. And Yeah, there's a, there's a certain mindset of leaving your technology behind and walking through various gates and doors. And when I was younger, had big curly hair, got a lot of looks um, from some of the officers, 
and trying not to pick any fights uh, and tread very, very lightly and also bring a kind of mindfulness based presence to the whole of the process from the moment that we walk into the door. And then in terms of gaining trust and respect, I think the main thing is just having as much humility as is possible that I have as much to learn and grow and change from from the experience as anyone in the workshop, really just meeting people where they are, being vulnerable, expressing my own challenges, and at the same time, acknowledging the limitations in my ability to fully connect with some of the things that they have experienced. The quality of, of, of challenge is universal, but some of the particulars um, are clearly distinct and acknowledging my own privilege Wanting it to be clear that I know that there are incredible uh, structural inequities in society that make it more likely for certain individuals to find themselves in this scenario and to kind of validate the frustration and anger around, around that. And at the same time, in, in mindfulness practice, we are working with our own reactivity um, and taking ownership for some of our own um, mental patterns. And so it's both wanting to recognize the structural um, and, and the immense work that's needed in, in policy reform and social justice, that it's not just, oh, if we all just meditated, that would, you know, everything would be, would be great. And at the same time, within that context, emphasizing the power that we do have in working with our own minds. Being real about that dance, um, owning my privilege, um, but also not harping on that too much. Uh, I think you can start to develop some, some relationships that feel you know, genuine and, and meaningful. Uh, you know, I picked out humility. I, I heard authenticity that these are the kinds of qualities where a connection and engagement can happen. And, um, and from my experience, from the time that I have been inside, it takes a while to learn that. It takes a while to learn that. And uh, I think it's very helpful for us to be, you know, maybe a little easy on ourselves. We have to challenge ourselves. I mean, even just to get in there, but, um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. So those are, those are qualities. Um, those are qualities you say that, that, that you're working with in there. So how has this for you in the rest of your life and in your, your own mindfulness practice in the creative work that you do as a filmmaker? Um, how is this, uh, all of this time and dedication that you've been putting into working prison, how has this affected it's not uncommon that during a workshop, someone will just drop some kind of immensely beautiful wisdom. Um, I feel like we can bring in some practices, some tools, some skills, some frameworks, some quotes, but also just honoring the the wisdom that is 
in the room. I feel like the, the practice is deeper for me as a result of being there. I feel called to, to practice more um, and to learn from the immense suffering in the world and in the lives of these individuals in many cases and can begin to integrate um, in my own body, in my own mind, um, challenge, trauma. When I leave the workshops, I'm sometimes left with a kind of profound sadness about the nature of their circumstances um, and the challenge of being able to leave. And at other times, or sometimes in the same moment, can feel just such joy at the connections that have been built, the seeds that have grown and, and blossomed in the space. Being in a facilitator role is really just a way to be more of a student of the practice and, and of life. And doing that in an environment where people have experienced a really large spectrum of human experiences helps me feel more connected to humanity generally, to our, our ancestors, and to those yet to come. Thank you. Thank you. So obviously the pandemic hit, COVID hit. The vast majority of programming got shut down across the country and I think around the world. Um, and a lot of people have pivoted and been able to, and I know that the Prison Mindfulness Institute has been able to, um, by hook or by crook, they've done the work that needs to be done to be able to, to do this kind of Zoom call into different prisons. And um, so can you tell me what that's like? I, I know that you're working in at least one of those projects. And um, yeah, so what's that like for you to, to, to work in this way virtually? Yeah, working over Zoom has been both a, a great opportunity to continue the work, but is very challenging. One camera for the whole room, it's hard to hear uh, and sometimes to be heard, to see people's faces. And some of the moments that are often really most powerful are the first few minutes and last minutes of a workshop in, in person. You get to shake people's hands or do a fist bump and hear a little bit about what's going on. And we can still do a check-in at the beginning to kind of ground in the space. But it doesn't have that same conversational, casual quality to kind of start and end to really develop those relationships in that way. There is also some possibility. I mean, you can work across state lines more easily. You can screen share. So I'm excited to see where it can go um, and would be excited to get back in person when possible. So I think, Jonah, we're going to come close to, to our end. Would you be willing to, uh, to guide us in... Uh, uh, in a practice, a short practice can be three minutes, five minutes, the way that you would work. So when you when you go back in and you're with a, a group in your workshop, would you be willing to guide us in a practice? Yeah, absolutely. So we can 
begin just by taking a comfortable seat. Hands can rest on the lap or on the table. Can help to be a little bit uplifted if possible. Sometimes I'll wiggle the torso back and forth just to find center. And we can begin with just a, an exhale. Feeling the contact of the feet on the ground, the hands where they rest. Sensation of the seat. And we can become aware of various thoughts and sensations we may be having, thoughts about the past or the future, or even thoughts we're having about the practice as being nice, as being silly or weird. Whatever the thoughts may be, just noticing them arise and dissipate without any need to do anything about them. There may be sounds from outside the room, noticing them, and then returning attention to this moment. And noticing the breath our kind of anchor for being present in the moment. And either choosing the nostrils or the belly, wherever we feel the breath most strongly today. And at that point, just noticing and feeling, even being, the in-breath and the out-breath, moment to moment, knowing we're breathing in and knowing we're breathing out. When we get a little lost in thought, Just gently returning to the breath. Totally normal, just what mind does. Feeling the direct sensations of the breath. The inhale and the exhale. And as you're ready, 
opening the eyes or lifting the gaze, introducing a little movement into the fingers and toes. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Jonah. Setting me up for the rest of the day. Mm. Nicely. Good. Well, Jonah, David, thank you so much for being part of the Business Mindfulness Summit. And so how can people connect with you if people are interested in learning more about your curriculum, learning more about your film work, all, all that you do? How can they connect? Yeah, um, you can uh, visit my uh, needing to be updated website at uh, jonahmdavid.com. Jonah, thanks so much for being here. Take good care of yourself. Be well. Hope we see each other in person again soon. Thank you, John. I really appreciate uh, your time and all the work that you're doing. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about PMI and our programs, please visit prisonmindfulness.org. You can also keep up with us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you.